All right, good evening. Thank you, Caleb, for leading the singing. Open your Bibles to John chapter 15 tonight. John chapter 15. I want to read verses 7 through 12. And the thought uh, tonight is the joy of Jesus. The joy of Jesus. On Wednesday nights, we have begun... Um, series on the Sermon on the Mount, and, and so I've been very excited about that. I've enjoyed it so much so far. Look forward to that. And so we're currently, you know, we begin the Beatitudes, and you have all the blesseds there, and, and uh, the true path of happiness, as according to the words of Christ. And this kind of goes along with that, because we cannot have that blessedness state uh, without abiding in Jesus. Uh, we're not looking for the joy of the world, uh, the joy that it offers, but we're looking for the joy of Jesus, which comes from Him and from abiding in Him. And that's what we're going to look at tonight. Uh, John 15, let's just read verses 7 through uh, 12. John 15, 7 through 12. Uh, Jesus said, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire or what you will, and it shall be done for you. For this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These sayings I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, and a man lay down his life for his friends. Let's pray. Father, help us tonight as we think about the joy of Jesus and how that we have that uh, through abiding in him. Father, I pray that we would bear this fruit for your glory. For, Lord, it glorifies you when your children bear your fruit. Help us to have that joy and help us to uh, remain in that joy. And that joy would be something that uh, the world could see. Because no matter what the world might say about joy or happiness, we know that that, that is fickle and is temporary. And, Father, we know that the real joy we can have in Christ is divine, it is spiritual, and it is eternal. And help us to have that joy as your people. Uh, and it, it might influence and impact those around us. In Christ's name, amen. All right, I want to talk to you tonight about the joy of Jesus and, and how that is received or experienced uh, by abiding in Jesus. So that's what John 15 is, is all about. It's about abiding in Christ as his disciples. Abiding in Christ, staying in Christ. It's not talking about keeping yourself saved. It's talking about remaining in fellowship and communion with the Lord. That's what John 15 is about. And we're not going to talk as much about that part of it, but talk about the joy that is the fruit of that abiding. Now, this joy we have, as I said, is, is a joy that is found as we abide in Christ. And so, that's important to know that. If, joy is, if Jesus is teaching us that when we abide in Him, we have His joy, 
then if we are questioning ourselves in regards to how close am I to Jesus? How close am I to Jesus? Am I walking close with Jesus? Am I close to Jesus? That, that should be something we should ask ourselves and be willing to ask ourselves. Then we need to understand that one of the fruits of abiding in Jesus, being close to Jesus, is you have the joy of Jesus. And so if you are a joyless Christian, listen, there's a problem there. There's no abiding in Jesus, because when there's abiding in Jesus, there's the joy of Jesus. You cannot separate that um, at all. All right? And so we need to understand that. Now, when you look at the prayer of Christ to the Father um, in John chapter 17, one of the things he says there in verse 13, he says, But now I come to you that these things I speak in the world... Speaking, and then he says that they, speaking of his disciples, may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. It's a prayer of Jesus that you as his disciple would have his joy fulfilled in you. You know, we know that, that hopefully as a Christian, we should know that Jesus is right now at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. And do you realize tonight that I believe upon John 17, the high priestly prayer of Christ, that one of the things that Jesus is praying for us as His people is that His joy would be fulfilled in us. That's, I love that. I mean, Jesus is praying for your joy. I, I believe that's all of, I, I know He did here. And I believe it's a continued prayer of His at the right hand of the Father. Now, the joy of Jesus is definitely one that excels the joy that the world could possibly give us. You know, so much of this world, the reason it goes about the path that it's going about, even in immorality, is upon this course that people think that they're going to finally find a blissfulness and they're going to enjoy uh, if I do this and I do that and fulfill this whenever it's only temporal. The real joy comes from Jesus. In Psalms 45, 7, it says of Christ, speaking of Jesus, it says, Therefore God, thy God, has anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. I love that. That's a prophecy of Christ, Psalm 45, 7. The oil of gladness above thy fellows. I think a lot of times when we think of Jesus, we don't think about him being joyful. <laughs> I believe Jesus was the most joyful person that people had ever seen on the face of the earth. When he came, I guarantee you, he was the most joyful person there was. I have no doubt about that. Now, was he, did he always exhibit that joy at every moment? No, I mean, there was times where he needed to be serious, and he had a word of seriousness and, and rebuke, and he's not going to be all joyful about it, you know. But an overall demeanor, Jesus was the most joyful person. I don't think we think of him like that. I think it's one of the reasons children were attracted to Jesus. Children were attracted to Jesus. Listen, if you're a, a humbug, let me tell you what, children don't attract to you. <laughs> they don't. I mean, a joyful person attracts uh, children, and I believe that's one of the reasons they were attracted to him. Uh, the joy of Jesus as he walked upon this earth was something that I think they've seen, and I think that that's partly what, whenever you read the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus begins the greatest sermon ever, and he starts off with, blessed, happy, are you when, are you... I mean, I believe they had seen Jesus happy. 
They had seen Jesus happy, and now he's given them some keys to that happiness. He had lived it out. They had seen that. And it was a joy that they had seen that was not in the Pharisees. They were all religious, very strict, but they didn't have the joy. Now, so the disciples no doubt seen this joy. Now, as a parent, we want our children to have true joy. I, I have no doubt that any parent here wants your children to have true joy. Listen, our, your children, they may not make a lot of money, but listen, that's not where joy is found. They may not have a lot of possessions. They may not have a nice house or a nice car. But that's not where joy is found. Certainly not the joy of the Lord. I want my children to have the joy of the Lord. I don't simply want them to be happy, okay? I want them to have the joy of the Lord. You know, the Lord wants us to know this, that joy, real joy, comes from Him. And as you see in John 15, this joy comes from abiding in Christ. And I like this because so much of the world, no doubt, has good reasons to believe uh, because of Christians sometimes that they think that Christians aren't very happy. That's a terrible testimony. Terrible testimony. A Christian who's abiding in Jesus should be the most joyful person that the people of the world see around them. The people in your workplace, they should see you as a joyful person. I'm not talking about walking around singing and skipping and singing the sound of music everywhere you go. I'm not talking about that, okay? A real joy that comes from the Lord. That cannot be explained about the world, okay? I don't know where this... Did I say sound of music? Yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen that all the way through. I just, I just get a visual there of her singing on that mountain. That's all part I've seen. Um... I want to talk about, I want to break this down a little bit real quick tonight and, and, and three, I think I've got three, four main points real quick that are found here about the joy of Jesus uh, in John 15 uh, that we can experience more of as we abide in Christ. One, the joy of answered prayer. The joy of answered prayer because Jesus refers to this. Um, in verses 7 and verse 11, uh, we see that Jesus is speaking here about uh, abiding in Him, and He talks about prayer at the same time. If you abide in Me, My words abide in you, you shall ask what you will or what you desire, and it shall be done to you. And again, verse 11, These things I have spoken to you that My joy may remain in you. There's a connection here between abiding in Christ, prayer, and experiencing joy. Um, and so we see that. Abiding in Christ, listen, will affect how we pray. Abiding in Christ will affect our prayer life into everything we pray for. When His words abide in us, listen, when you abide in the Word and the Word abides in you, guess what happens? Your mind is then molded by the Word of God. And then you begin to pray for things more of that which God would want you to pray for. And then you'll be praying more in accordance to the mind of God, and you will see more prayers answered. Now, as this abiding in Christ takes place, and we see the Lord answer our prayers more, because I think we'll see more prayers answered the more we learn to pray according to the Word of God, there will be a joy that comes from that. 
In John 16, listen to these words. These words amaze me that Jesus said to his disciples. I've been walking with him now for over three years. And it amazes me that he's even able to say this to them. But in John 16, and verse, start verse 22, he says, Therefore you now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. He's talking about the joy of them seeing him resurrect, okay? Then he says, And in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly I say to you, Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Now, that's pretty amazing to me. He says, ask and you will receive. And what does he say? That your joy may be full. Listen, there is a joy we get in answered prayer. Um, it's a very simple, a logical answer, but do your children get joy when you do what they ask? <laughs> when they ask for something and, and you do it for them? I mean, they should have some joy about that. And, um, and I think that there's joy. As a child of God, when you're specifically praying for things, and the Lord answers prayer. But those, those prayer requests needed to be rooted in truth, need to be rooted in the Word of God. And so we've got to be in the Word, abide in the Word, and the Word's got to abide in us. And I think that as, as the Word of God molds our prayers... It, it becomes requests that God can, is willing to answer. Because he's not going to say yes to everything, okay? He, he's not going to spoil us and give us things we shouldn't have. But there is great joy that we experience from abiding in Christ, learning to pray as we ought, and the Lord answering prayers. And so he talks there first in John 16 about the joy of a resurrected Christ when they've seen him. But then he talks about a joy that would be full because of them receiving from the Lord what they would pray for. There's always joy in, in knowing our victory of the gospel, knowing the power of the resurrection. Uh, but answered prayer brings us great joy as children of God. And I love to hear you know, the children of God talk about, you know, they were praying to the Lord and, and the Lord did this. And you know what? I don't think we share that enough. Um, I wish I had been disciplined in my life to, to make prayer journals more and, and have wrote things down that, the Lord answered. I, I, that's such a good habit, a good discipline if you could do that. And some people have done that. And I'm so thankful for that. Um, but it's good. It, it encourages us. It brings us joy when we pray for things and we see the Lord do things. Uh, you know, many times in scriptures, uh, when God wanted to prove that his servants were sent of him, he answered their prayers. Um, I like that. Think of Elijah. God heard from heaven and, and it revealed who the true God was, and it revealed who the true prophets were. So the, the Lord likes to answer prayer. He, I think He likes to, I think the Lord likes to do what we ask. You know, I know as a, as, a, as a parent, I like to do what my children ask for. I like saying yes. I'm not one of those parents that enjoys, I, I just love saying no. <laughs> That's not me. I heard Chuck Swindoll years ago, <laughs> and it affected me greatly when he said, say yes to your children as much as you can. Or whatever you can. Because you're going to need, to, you're going to need those no's later. <laughs> you know, you're going to need them. And I just thought, I, th I thought, I thought that, was, that was so simple for me. Um, I want to say yes as much as I can because I do need to say no sometimes. And so I want to say yes. And, and you know, I, I, that's a joy. That's a joy to me when I can say yes. When my kids ask for something legitimate, <laughs> something that's reasonable, something I can do, 
and say, Dad, can you do this? And it, as a parent who loves your child, it brings you joy to be able to say, yeah, we can do that. I like that. You can have that. We can do this. We can go there. I'm glad to fulfill your request. <laughs> you know, that brings me joy because I like to give to my kids what the things they desire. Folks, I, I, don't, I think that is a fatherly or a parent heart. I, I, I think that we, we want to do that. Where do we get that? From the Lord. I think the Lord wants to say yes a lot of times, but he can't sometimes because what we're asking for, we ask to consume upon our lust, right? And James. Uh, but I think he likes to say yes. So ask for things that, <laughs> according to his word, he would be willing to give. And it's, so, it's, it's, it's fun when you see the Lord answer your prayers. It gives you a joy. Um, I like to look back on prayers that you've seen God answer. I mean, it's just wonderful. I still get joy, I still get joy from answering prayers that God did years ago. I get joy of that, and that, that's so wonderful to have that. Um, but next, this joy, notice in John 15, 11, the joy that we get from abiding in Jesus. Not only do we experience a joy of answered prayer when we abide in Jesus, but... Uh, we get a joy that can remain. A joy that can remain. Bless you. Uh, John 15, 11, uh, Jesus says this, These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you. I like that. I mean, this tells me that when I'm abiding in Christ, that no matter what's going on in my life, I can still have the joy of the Lord. I can still have the joy, and it can remain I, I think it's, it might be in John 16, I, I think. Um, we're, we're, yeah, John 16, at the end, Jesus said, These things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Listen, no matter what goes on in the world, no matter what tribulation, we can have good cheer, we can have joy because of Jesus when we abide in Him. What's going on, if the world falls apart as it, as it seems like it's going in so many uh, respects in regard to our culture and, and everything that's going on, are we still going to be able to have joy? Or when, when things get bad and, and, and Christians may get persecuted and, and pastor ends up in jail, I mean, I want you all to be happy. Not, not happy I'm in jail, you know, but I want you to have the joy of the Lord. Can you have it when the world is all against you? Can, can you have it when, when it... Looks like the God of this world, is God's got him on a lone leash. Are you going to have the joy of the Lord? You can. You can. No matter what happens. I believe that with all of my heart. That you can have a joy that this world, no matter what it throws at you, it cannot take away. The word for remain in, in verse 11 of John 15, it, it's the same word translated abide in, in verse 6, 7, and 10. Same exact word, it's just used a little differently. You abide in Jesus, guess what? You stay in fellowship with Jesus as a child of God. You walk with Jesus. That joy you get from walking with Jesus, nothing can take that away. Nothing. We must simply abide and our joy can never be broken. It's a joy that can remain because it is a joy that comes from Him who is always constant. I don't even think that's proper English, but who is always there, always loving us. You know, many times, many see the Christian life that is a life that constantly changes. You know, they don't see it as steady, and they see Christians who 
who, who are sorrow mouth, you know, and, and things, and, and don't have that joy. We can have a joy that remains. Paul, the man of God who went through so much, spoke about being sorrowful yet always rejoicing in 2 Corinthians 6.10. I mean, the joy of the Lord is something that even when you're sorrowful, you can still have it. I mean, we experience that sometimes when we lose lot, when, when, when people go to be with the Lord and they leave us. I mean, and some elements, I mean, my mom passing was some of the most sorrowful times I've ever had in my life. At the same time, because of faith and abiding in Christ and drawing near to Christ through that, at the same time, there was still a joy that, that death could not take from me. The joy of the Lord overrules the sorrow of the world. Now this, of course, knowingly is connected to faith. You cannot have this joy without faith. It's faith in the Lord in the midst of sorrow that gives joy because we have hope in the dark times. And faith, as well, as you should know, is a fruit of the Spirit that we have when we abide in Christ. In Galatians 15, one of the fruits of the Spirit is what? It is faith. When we abide in Christ, our faith is strengthened. Our joy is strengthened. All of that is connected. Uh, turn to Hebrews 12, if you would. So, in dark times, no matter how difficult they may be, we can have joy because faith triumphs and, and faith is able to have joy no matter what it goes through. Um, in Hebrews, we, we see this. I love this uh, example here of Christ in Hebrews 12, uh, verse 1 through 3. It's been a while since I've referred to this, but I love these verses. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now Jesus had a joy even as He faced the cross. His joy was not enjoying the cross. Oh, I'm, I'm having a great time here. It wasn't that at all. But even as Jesus faced the cross, He had faith to look beyond the cross to the time in which He would resurrect and would sit down at the right hand of the Father. When I talk about having joy in spite of sorrows, that doesn't mean you enjoy your sorrows. You have joy in spite of the sorrows because you have faith to believe God, to trust God, and to know that beyond this world, you are going to be with Jesus. Jesus had faith. We don't think about that, but Jesus had faith. Jesus is the example of faith here, the author and finisher of our faith, the example of our faith. He looked beyond the cross and had joy in that He would sit at the right hand of the Father. And that's the same way with us. We can have joy as we abide in Jesus because it gets us focused on Him, looks beyond our suffering, looks beyond our pain unto the time which we will be with Him forever, and therefore we can have joy even in the midst of times of sorrow here on this earth. Not only can we have joy that remains and nothing in this world can take away no matter what happens, but it's a joy that is said to be full by Jesus. In John 15, 11, He says, that His joy might remain in us. 
And then he says this, and that your joy may be full. So it's not just a, a little bit of joy that sticks with you. It's a whole lot of joy that, stick, that can stick with you. Your joy can remain, and it is full. Now he says this, I love this, he says that my joy may remain in you, and then he says, and that your joy may be full. So his joy then translates, as we abide in him, into our joy. It's the joy of the Lord, but then it becomes ours. Our joy is full. So a joy that is full. I mean, isn't this world looking for fulfillment in so many different things? They want fulfillment. They want completeness. But the true joy only comes from the Lord, and that is it. This joy that remains is one that can fill us and is one of the greatest testaments of the living Christ within us. So I want people to see Jesus. Well, abide in Jesus and be filled with His joy. Because I'm telling you, I'm not seeing a lot of real joy out there in the world today. I don't see it. The world, or, or, or Christians, uh, I should say, we, we, we should have a joy that goes beyond anything that the world can see. When people see us, they see us serving the Lord Jesus Christ in our daily life, worshiping God in His house, uh, following the Word, being in the Word, talking about the things of the Lord. I mean, they should see a joy that, that about us that they're like, what are they doing? What have they got? What are they enjoying so much? Why are they happy? If they get to know you at all, they should very quickly be able to connect your joy to your relationship with Jesus Christ. Not only are you a Christian, but you're walking with the Lord. And they should see that. And what a testimony that is. I, I, want, my Christ, I want my lost friends to see that. I want them to see the joy of the Lord. It's not something I, I pretentively put on, a, a fake smile, so as to try to trick them into thinking I'm happy when I'm not but a genuine joy that, that fills my heart and soul because I've been walking with Jesus. And they see that, that realness, that, 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 that's something that, that, that's real and, and attractive to them. There's nothing so attractive as joy. You, you hardly ever want to do something that anybody else is doing if they're unhappy. Okay? If somebody comes to you and says, man, I tell you, I went to this restaurant. Oh, my goodness, I tell you. I was just, you know, it was okay, you know, it was all right. I'm not going to go there. But if that somebody talks about this restaurant, man, this was great. I tell you what, the food was great, uh, the atmosphere was great, prices was were super, the food was just exceptional, the desserts. Let me tell you about desserts. I mean, our family had such a good time. You know what? Next time I talk to my wife, we're going to say, you know what? Let's let's go and check that restaurant out that so and so was talking about. Folks, how do people hear you talk about Jesus? How do they hear you talk about the Bible? How do they hear you talk about church? How do they hear you talk about other Christians? Do they have any desire to, to, to want those things in their life? They should. It shouldn't simply just be something of duty. Oh, I got to, I have to. But something we desire to do. We enjoy doing. I like what Andrew Murray said. He said this, No preaching so persuasive as the sight of hearts made glad. There is no proof of the reality of God's love and the blessing He bestows, which men so, 
which, which men so feel the force of as when the joy of God overcomes all the trials of life. And for the Christian's own welfare, joy is no less indispensable. The joy of the Lord is His strength, confidence, courage, and patience find their inspiration in joy. With a heart full of joy, no work can weary and no burden can depress. God Himself is strength and song. I like that. The, the word full also speaks of being crammed. I mean, when, when something's full, I mean, it's crammed. Like, you can't fit anything else in there. Uh, it's not good practice, but sometimes you've ate too much and you're crammed. I mean, you're like, I can't fit anything else in there. i tell you what, we need to get so full of the joy of the Lord that we have no desire to try to fit anything else in there. No other source of joy. No other source of joy of this world. The word speaks of being leveled up or complete. No room left. This is the measure of joy that we can have as, as we, uh, as followers of Jesus Christ, as, as we abide in Him, a joy that is full. It reminds me of Psalm 23 where He says, He'll fear no evil. And then He says, God was with Him. Then He says, You anoint my head with oil. And He says, My cup runs over. I mean, we should have joy just running over as the Lord is with us and we abide in Him. Jesus was anointed, it says, with joy and gladness above His fellows. I mean, as a child of God in your workforce, if you're the only child of God there, you should be anointed with joy and gladness above all your fellows. You should be the most joyful person in your job. The joy of Christ can so fill us that it pours out of our cup and upon others. And they get a chance to taste it and experience it. It's genuineness and realness. So, child of God, abide in Jesus. Uh, it, it's, it's your only hope of having real joy. Uh, and sometimes we'll get away from that. Even as a child of God, we, we, we start looking... Uh, to other avenues, different ways to really find happiness and joy. You're, you're, you're going down the wrong path. If you're looking for fulfillment and completeness in life as a child of God, apart from walking with Jesus Christ, let me tell you what, you're, you're going to be very disappointed. And I'm glad. Because then it might turn you to turn back to the Lord where your real joy can be found. And last thought real quick. <clears throat> Fruit salad fruit salad because that's really what we see in John 15 uh, in John 15 as he talks about abiding in him I want to make a connection here we see several spiritual fruits in or I should say fruits uh, here in John 15 he talks about joy he also mentions love and he talks about faith is also implied as we must believe in his word in order to abide in him the Lord always uses the singular when it talks about fruit. It's, it's the fruit of the Spirit. In, in Galatians 5, it's called the fruit of the Spirit, not fruits. That's very interesting to me. Um, listen, the Lord is not interested in producing only joy in us. The Lord is not interested in producing only faith in us. Jesus Christ enveloped and all of that fruit. He was love. He was joy. He was peace. 
He was long-suffering. He was all of those things. And we, the more and more we become like Christ, it's not just that we have joy, more joy. We will have all of these things. A loving Christian will also be a joyful Christian. If you think you're real loving but you're not joyful, uh, I don't think so. A Christian full of faith should be a Christian also full of love and full of joy and full of peace. In other words, you don't, you're not way up here with joy and way down here on love. Or you're not way up here on love and, and way down here on joy. I really think they go hand in hand. I'm not saying we might have a little bit more of one than the other sometimes at moments in our life, but overall they're right there together. It's the fruit of the Spirit. To have the joy of the Lord and, and to have these other, this other fruit that comes from abiding in Christ and then the Spirit works in our life to produce these things. Oftentimes, you, I won't turn there for the sake of time, but, but there's several scriptures you can turn to that, that, that just list these fruits together sometimes. Love, joy, and peace. Uh, John 15, 13, 2 Corinthians 1, 24, Philippians 1, 25, 1 Peter 1, 8, and Psalms 5, 11. Uh, we just see that this love, peace, and faith, and joy oftentimes mentioned together in the Word of God. And I say that because I think it's important because there is, you know, some aspects of Christianity that just focuses on being joyful in a sense of charismatic and excited, and da, da, da. but if that is real, if it's real joy, then it's also going to have faith and love with it. In other words, it's not isolated. Um, listen, when we love the Lord, the bottom line is when we love the Lord and we abide in His Word and He abides in us, we're going to have more faith. We're going to have more joy. It's going to be evident in our life. And listen, the Lord is not only interested in producing one fruit of the Spirit, but He wants the whole salad. <laughs> the love, joy, peace. And, and I, they all intermingle. You know, when you make fruit salad, I mean, I, I think you're kind of ruining the fruit sometimes. I, some fruit salad I like, but I like the kind that has a lot of the nuts and the cream cheese in it. Um, but... You, but when you have fruit salad, it's like everything tastes like everything. It's like you taste one fruit and it tastes like this fruit, you know, when you put it all together. And, you know, there's actually something in there because I, th I think that with the fruit of the Lord that's in our life, there, there is joy with faith and faith with joy and peace with love and love with peace. It's all together. You can't separate it. All of those Christian graces flow from the vine unto the branch as a branch abides in Jesus. And they all go together. So ask yourself a question tonight. Do you have the joy of Jesus? Are you trusting in Jesus? Are you abiding in Jesus? And if you are abiding in Jesus, you do, you will have the joy of Jesus. It's a real good indicator. Say, do I have faith? Well, you should have joy. Do you have love? You should have joy. Joy can be a real test to, to where we are spiritually if we're walking with the Lord or not. When we abide, when we abide in Jesus, I think we'll see more prayers answered. His joy will remain. His joy will be full. And His joy will be joined with the other fruit of the Spirit. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I pray uh, that you'd use this lesson. And, and Lord Jesus, I pray that you'd help us to abide in you.
Father, I know it's so easy to, to rush into the day, uh, to pass up the Word of God on, on the counter, and to just get involved in the day, to go to work, go to the job, not pick up the Word. And Father, if we aren't opening the Word, then, then we're not abiding in You because You made a connection. You made a connection that if we are going to abide in Jesus, we've got to abide in the Word. And so we can't have this abiding fellowship and communion with Jesus without the Word of God. And so let us not deceive ourselves that we're walking with Jesus if we're not opening the book and we're not in it and the book is not in us. So help us to abide in Jesus. Help us to confess sin. Help us to walk close. Help us to have your joy that we might be a powerful testimony to this world that is dying in its sin and without the joy of the Lord. Help us, I pray, to exhibit the true joy of Jesus in our life that people might say, wow, what, what, have, what have you got that I haven't got because I don't have that joy? And then may we joyfully tell them of the reason of the hope that resides within us, the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In his name we pray and amen.